0: So the drift between getting any, everything you ever wanted and then realizing, oh, this is actually has nothing to do with happiness. I love acting. I love my job. I love working. But it's not actually what gives me joy. Working, doing the work does. But celebrity has nothing to do with my joy.
1: Welcome back to Almost 30 Podcast.
2: So happy you're here. You fill us up. You fill us <laughs> up. You guys are everything.
1: We just came out of a very interesting conversation. Or like a black hole. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. I, I want to share it because I'm actually curious as to what I believe thinks. it. Well, a I believe everything ble- I read. I love believing in conspiracy theories.
2: First of all. <laughs> I also completely agree. But it's interesting that we say it's a conspiracy, but everything is technically a theory, like they mm-hmm. said. So, you know, us evolving from monkeys is a theory. Mm-hmm. Gravity is a theory. All of these are theories mm-hmm. and these are, could just be other theories.
1: Yeah. Let's take conspiracy out of it. Out yeah. of it, because I think it gives it a negative tone. Yeah. Um, so when- what
2: one are you on right now?
1: I'm the pop star one. Yeah, man. I need to talk to some musicians in the group who have had any experience like with record labels and things like that. So anyway. I definitely
2: quick, feel like there was an era too of that.
1: For sure. But I, th- I mean, it's still going on. Yeah. I just think they've like figured out ways to kind of like make it look really good. But we were- wa- We were watching- <laughs> one of Shane Dawson's videos. And it actually covered so many theories that it was hard to track, but this one uh, stuck out. This whole um, theory behind like Sony entertainment and how artists under Sony, like Michael Jackson, like Britney Spears, like Prince, have consistently in their music and in their performances expressed this idea that they are slaves. To the man, the you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: their bosses, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like there was one time that Prince came out on stage and he had "slave" like written on oh, his, cheek. his
2: face. Yeah,
1: Britney Spears, "I'm a slave for you," mm-hmm. like "Slave you, to the Rhythm," Michael Jackson. Oh, like yeah. there's so many. Like there's so many, but and um, the way that Prince and Michael Jackson died. Yes, it's so deep. It's, it's very deep. It's crazy, and the K-pop thing.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there was also too that like with K-pop that they just work them for like 20 hours a day, make them dance, then make them rehearse and that they're not, you know, giving them rest or like letting them.
1: Even paying them a lot
2: at all. Yeah. That they keep so much from their contracts. And it is, you know, what's interesting too is I think about like title. remember with Jay-Z, everyone's like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. more money to the music people. But like, who do you want the money to go to? The man? You know, like people were like pissed. They're like, more money to you, Jay-Z. You're rich as fuck. It's like, well, yeah, but he's making the music. Who do you want the money to go to? The person that's not? Truly. It's like so weird, like our mentality with money. You know
1: what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like crazy. And then it got me thinking about like who is currently at the top of like the music Mm. games. So thinking about like Ariana Grande actually don't know who she signed with, doesn't matter, but yeah. just thinking like more about like, does she have the power to, you know, say no to certain things or is mm. like, you know, as such a young woman.
2: I think about, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, the thing with Ariana Grande where she was at the church. Did you see that? Mm. I don't know the full story, but she was at a church and she was singing it was like a very large church and it was one of those churches that's on TV. Mm. And the pastor like was hugging her and like basically groped her when he hugged her. It was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen because she's so little. Like, I need to look it up. Yeah. But, I need to um but she's so little and it was like he hugged her and he almost like put his hand underneath her side, like underneath like her rib Mm -hmm. by her boob and then almost like basically went to her boob. It was the most, it's a bishop. So it was a bishop. (laughs) Oh, well in that case. It was at Aretha Franklin's funeral and he apologized for it. But I mean, you should see the video. It was like a fucking heartbreaking. It was just like, oh my God, I just break for
1: her. I just can't imagine kind of like, there's so many people not only on your team, but just like vying for your attention. So whether it's like the record company or whether it's a brand or whether it's your creative director, or whether it's your manager, or whether it's whatever, it's yeah. like, how do you how do you like metabolize that as a little human?
2: Dude, little human. Dude, I don't know. And how do you trust, man? You can't trust. Can't trust anyone. Can't trust the bishop on TV. <laughs> Yo, you think you're protected on television. In front
1: of millions yeah, the, 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 of people. The fact that he knew that that was being televised. Yeah. Huh? Oh, God. Dude, I, the,
2: the Pete Davidson thing too is very, very affected.
1: And then with the song that came out so soon after, I'm like-
2: Thank You, Next. Mm-hmm. Which, have you heard it? Mm-hmm. Is it good?
1: Yeah, I played it the other day in class. I mean, it's, yeah, it's catchy. And she kind of tips her- little hat to all of her exes and gives them like compliments. But then there's also so this sentiment of, thank you, next. <laughs> That's like, I just, okay. what happened? I hate to like speculate on air. I just feel like with the passing of, no, no, Oh, yeah, 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 with Mac. With, with Mac Miller's passing and then the, you know, I just I think that fucks someone up too, like 100%. emotionally, and I don't know if Pete Davidson Davidson knows how to hold space for something like that. I don't know. How do you? How do you? No, that's yeah, yeah exactly.
2: That's so hard.
1: So I think they're both okay though. Anyway. Yeah, Pete, I'm free. No, literally, <laughs> dude.
2: I bet he gets so much.
3: We'll say. <laughs>
2: You know what I mean? Totally. Speaking of. Pussy? Yes. So Monday, I had to take a little personal day. I don't know if you guys have ever, this has ever happened to you, but. So this is why I don't buy edibles is because it's like a treat. So I don't really have much. I can't really pace myself with treats. So I basically ate like an entire edible. Oh, I fucked my world up. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to go to the restroom and I was like wasted. I literally was like sat down to go pee and was like, "I can't oh, believe I'm you die. ate a whole one. I'm going to crack my head open." Not a whole one, but I had way more than one wow. serving. Wow! I literally thought I was going to crack my head open, and I felt sick for the rest of the day.
1: It is the worst feeling. On the planet.
2: worst feeling. I was like, "Dude, I just don't like to feel out of my body." Like I felt so terrible, but I was like, "What happened if I did eat the whole thing? How terrible would I feel?"
1: I often wonder, I'm like, oh, is it, is this affecting my body or is it just like my mind, even though my mind's like affecting the way my body feels yeah. like, is it a negative effect? Like, so if you did eat the whole thing.
2: Yeah. Justin was like, you yeah. shouldn't, I was like eating the the cookie. He's like, you shouldn't do that. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> oh. Literally. He's like, really? You're good. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> oh God. He rode.
1: I needed that on video. Dude, it was disgusting.
2: (laughs) It was too much. We were dying laughing. Like we were just like sitting in bed laughing, making faces at one another. And then I stopped making faces and he continued to like laugh really, really hard at my face. And I was like, oh, now he's just laughing at my actual face. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like making funny faces. And then it, he kept laughing really hard. And I was like, but I'm not making any faces. So it's just my face. But like when you're high, like. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, mm, I, I feel like burned paranoia. in my memory. His face when he's like. Because <sighs> he was like laughing so fucking hard. It was so funny. But at a point we were like, stop. I, I want to stop laughing. You know, when you're like, OK, I'm good. I'm, I don't want to laugh anymore
1: probably like I like I like doing edibles a little bit with other people but I've found like even with the the doses pen or whatever pen I do like if if I'm yeah I like it too but with other people if I'm Mm -hmm. alone I get um anxiety what do you feel like I just feel a little bit like I don't want to I don't want this right now totally like I need to kind of like experience it with other people in order yeah. for it to really settle into my body because otherwise I'm just like, uh. Well,
2: also you're like, now what?
1: Now what? Now what? Literally nothing.
2: Yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's just me. Now
1: what? <laughs> that is actually the subtitle of my life. Dude. I- <laughs> <laughs> just me, now what? <laughs> but when you're high, it's even That's more your series. fucking paranoid.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I get anxiety thinking about being fucked up. Yeah. Dude, when I used to do like coke and shit and... Like Molly on the regular Like I used to be like Like whatever I'd be like in the moment with the drug Mm. And then I'd be like Oh I'm gonna come down Mm. And then I'd get anxiety about coming down I'd be Uh, like Oh in six hours I'm gonna be laying in bed At 7am having not slept at all And I'm gonna come down And I'm gonna feel like ass Yeah, It was the the worst I'd be like oh yeah let the beat drop and you're like oh no <laughs> yeah literally in vegas like yeah mm, mm, mm. i love this and then it would be terrifying like dude that's the thing the most with coke it's like do oh. a line good for an hour
1: do another down. line yeah it's miserable. it's literally the worst that's why people just keep going
2: yeah honestly that's why you're like in the bathroom the whole night and you're like what <laughs> and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> like literally you've been in the bathroom The whole night We know what you're oh doing Oh <laughs> Like uh, we're pretty clear On what you're doing in there
1: <laughs> You're like what? <laughs> it's funny when you're and fucked up And then you're up. like It's funny when you're fucked up And like you try to yo. Not be fucked up That is like probably my favorite
3: Dude, When I see people oh, do that
2: Dude actually there's people that I am not drunk <laughs> but Yes the people There's people that I'm thinking of That burned in my head That because I don't drink They will get really fucked up around me or they've been fucked up around me. And then it's almost a game in their head to act not fucked up. Oh, like, uh, I literally, thinking, I'm like, you are having a lot of fun with this because you're challenging yourself to not be fucked up around me. Totally. And it makes me laugh. Like, it's like, it's a funny thing. that I'm like, I love that you do that.
1: So many people, people must do ya. that. Good so, on ya. So many people must do that.
2: hundred percent. Well, I probably freak people the fuck out. Like they're like, just trying to like roll around and like be like, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you think about death?
3: <laughs> literally
2: <laughs> like uh how do you want to go she's <laughs> like freaking them out by being like so deep and annoying <laughs> when all is said and done you
1: believe god and woman. thank you next <laughs> is that how it goes yeah it's actually it's catchy as fuck Has literally been. this is what happened whoever wrote it don't think she really wrote it. I think she co-wrote it. But whoever wrote it started to write it about halfway through her and Pete's relationship like, totally. and was like, this is going to be fucking
2: amazing." It's just, I, I don't think I, I, I'm trying to think back to my relationships and I, I don't think I've ever been in one that burned so bright and then died.
1: It was it like, burning bright because it was in the public eye?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah or just like
1: no, I bl- where it
2: was like I, I obsessed agree. where they get fucking tattoos and shit and then it lasts eight months or nine months like I've n- and you know nothing's better than another but I, I just don't know how that would I would try to hold on as hard
3: as possible mm, like I would be so think. unhealthy
2: I would be like at their house like I'd be totally. like no we're together and they'd be like no we're not I'm calling the police and I'd be like we are together forever <laughs> I guess when you have security that can 100%. happen <laughs> but it's weird it's like and with that, I'm like, why does the press know first? Yo, if I'm burning that bright and we're obsessed and we're like, da 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 da, and we do break up for a normal reason, mm-hmm. like the press will not, will know last. Right. Yeah. Cause you're like, all right, let's like, well, like be, like, let's, let's let this chill. Damn, but maybe it's like they don't so want to be seen. It
1: like actually freaks me out. Just like yeah. kind of the, the, The voices Like Scooter What's Scooter saying to Ariana About Peter I was
2: was thinking about like Dude Scooter Braun knows All the secrets of life All
1: The secrets Imagine if he did not Tell all I saw that he did (laughs) This is really random I was kind of deep In a weird hole But I was looking at Corey Feldman No (laughs) Who the fuck is Corey Feldman Chris Chris Jenner's Corey Feldman is on uh, Boy Meets World It's a character Krista (laughs) Or are you talking about the one that's like a drug addict?
2: Yeah, I was like, or is he
1: the? He's American actor and
2: singer. He was in Gremlins. Oh, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, oh, I know what you fucking mean. Fucking sick.
1: But sorry, this is what was I saying? <laughs> sorry, I don't know Corey Feldman. I'm high. I took an edible. Literally. Oh, uh, oh, Scooter Braun, Chris Jenner, her boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. Corey,
2: Corey, gamble.
1: His Instagram, I got lost on it. Oh no! Dude. And Scooter Braun was commenting like, "Yeah, man, that's awesome," or something uh, like stupid. But this is in- Chris is nowhere to be found on his Instagram.
2: When you're lying! Swear to God, you're joking
1: my ass! Please pull it up. I'm looking at it right now. So Corey
2: Gamble, blessed is his bio. I, I concur. <laughs> I actually really concur. Walking and talking. It's like uh he has like a celebrity shot, like a paparazzi shot, and he like needs a to get some lint off his shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, yeah,
1: we need to be real right now. Where is Chris? <laughs> Where's Chris? That is probably one of my and it's bad because I'm like, oh, should this should this color my opinion of of men who do not feature their girlfriends on their instagram and vice versa
2: yeah i mean we, girls I too you got
1: to you've got to
2: i do it depends on the vibe like if you're an artist and you just do art on your instagram but i think totally sharing things that you love you got to do uh people that you love and i could be wrong but who's paying for all these private jobs? i know that's what i'm saying i
1: could be call me crazy i wonder what chris thinks of that color me wrong i can't believe we're talking about this
2: I know. I actually but never I also, thought I'd talk about this in my whole life. I needed... But not
1: one? Not one.
2: Yo, if he's playing on Chris Jenner... <laughs> there's going to be a murder. There's going to be a big problem. <laughs> there's going to be a big problem for him.
1: <laughs> wow. Anyway, conspiracy theories.
2: Anyway, so... <laughs> um, Not sure if you guys have seen, but we just launched your podcast pro. So Lindsay and I have been mm-hmm. podcasting for two plus years now and we have grown this into a business that we do full-time. We have people on our team. We do events everywhere and we are so proud of you know the work that we put in uh, to build this into a sustainable business that reaches people all over the world. So we want to help people to elevate their voice and we want to invite other podcasters into the podcasting community. We have loved podcasting. It is my favorite medium. Um, and we have met such amazing connections. We feel like we've impacted so many and we've been impacted by so many. So we want to share that with you. So yourpodcastpro.com, we have a six-week course launching in January. Spaces are limited for that. And with that, we will take you through the process to um, ideate, launch, market, monetize your podcast. And then we also have downloadables. So if you have a podcast or thinking about starting a podcast or anything like that, you can find everything from Instagram templates to media kit templates to worksheets and downloadables there that you can also purchase.
1: So yourpodcastpro.com and we would love to have you in our course. Yeah, we just want you to feel really confident. We know the beginning can be the hardest part, getting something off of the ground. And we've just had, you know, hundreds of people actually ask us like, how do you start a podcast? So we figured we'd create a hub for you. So we're really excited to connect with you. All right. <laughs> so excited about this one. Uh Matthew Lillard.
3: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: Shit. <laughs> Shit.
2: I would have made mean, my intro better. Dad. I, you're welcome, Matthew. Lillard. Matthew's my dad. Ta- I mean You wanna you wanna cause waves? Wear wear ripped jeans
1: around around Matthew Lillard. Yeah. He looked at both of us and for some reason we both had ripped shit on. Yeah. He's like, so he's like, are you in your pajamas? Did you like, did you buy it like that? Yeah, literally. Well, it was funny. Cause when he came to the studio, I let him, I let him in downstairs and he could kind of see me through the gate. And I was wearing like ripped jeans and a t-shirt, never dress up for anything.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We had never met before and he was coming alone. And sometimes when like, you know, celebrities come, they come with their assistant and whatever. Mm-hmm. Either way, I don't care. Um, But he came alone, which was awesome. And so I can imagine him coming to record with two girls in a... (laughs) house studio in LA totally. he's like what the fuck am I walking into and literally as I walked up he's like whoa he's like are you wearing your pajamas <laughs> and I, was like, I was like no I'm in ripped jeans and he's like oh okay like literally actually scared mm-hmm. nervous as to who he was about to meet anyway we go upstairs and into the studio and he's um, he walks in and he's like hey I got to be honest. He's like, Uh I'm so glad I'm here, but I don't know why the fuck I'm here. (laughs) And we proceeded to have almost a two hour conversation. It was, it was incredible. Yeah.
2: It was, he's got such a big personality. He's so funny and cool and real. and And such a big heart. Such a big heart. He's doing so much for the community, so much for other actors and actresses, so much for his craft. So much for his family. He's such a great family man. Mm. So we just had so much fun, and he is such a curious, inquisitive person. And he turned the tables on Lindsay and I. (laughs) I know, got a a little little
1: too many times. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But you might know Matthew from the Scooby Doo uh, series. It's a very popular. Crushes um, it. Crushes it. Scooby Doo, two. Scooby Doo one. Scooby Doo eighty four such a star and he was also in without a paddle summer's catch scream hackers serial mom i mean you Mm -hmm. name it um
2: and she's all that baby oh my god how
1: could we forget wait can we just play that little clip bro
2: come on you want me to press play yeah press play dude hey hey dude (laughs) you guys you just need to we're just trying to jog your memory when matthew lillard is doing the best dance (laughs) And she's all that with Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> and he is like serving some moves. It's insane. I'll never forget it. I'm like, wow, silver pants, silver top, wife beat.
3: <clears throat>
2: like
1: moves. So cute. Love Matthew. So gifted. Me so gifted. too. Love you, Dad. Yeah, nothing more to say. I think you guys are gonna love this, this one. Is and fun. Love Matthew. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Tag us on Instagram. We always appreciate that. And just stay tuned. We have a lot of things coming in the new year that we're really excited to share with you.
2: If you have any insights or suggestions for what we can do in 2019 to better serve you, to better serve the community, please drop us a line, um, Instagram DM or hello at almost30podcast.com. We would love to hear from you.
0: Ready, go. Ready, go. Um,
1: so wait. Wait. <laughs> Go
2: bye. So Wait. I
0: was
1: just wondering. I mean, so what first was your reaction, yeah. When we DM'd, DM'd when, are we starting? Yeah, yes.
0: we're, we're in it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matthew Lillard. <laughs> um, I have no idea why I'm here.
3: <laughs> I want know? you to
0: know something. <laughs> I'm not really sure why I've accepted. I Have Who's no idea best? who either one of you are. <laughs> I don't know what your damn show is. And as my <laughs> wife pointed out, you're closer to thirty times two than you are to thirty. <laughs> So, Where's I have nothing life? to offer any of you.
2: Was she just like, hmm.
0: Like, not, what did she literally, say? My, we've been married for so long. My wife considers nothing a threat. Oh, I know. But I know. I know. Not, no, 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 not, no, no. not even oh, yeah. that.
2: Just was she just like, okay. Like
0: She was literally like, you have nothing to say to women who are 30.
1: <laughs> We're about to prove you
0: wrong. Right.
1: <laughs> up, ladies.
0: I have never felt so old in my entire oh, life. Oh, no, no. no. Oh, I'm ancient. Almost 30. Almost 30. I was almost married. I got married at 30. Are either oh, are you, that's How great. old are yeah, We got to talk about that. Do, do people know how old you are? Yeah, yeah. I'm 31.
2: I'm 30. Mm-hmm. We didn't think about
0: the you know didn't. being past We
2: actually didn't when, think when this would be a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. literally. We didn't plan on it. A thing. So let me ask you a
0: question. Why did you start this podcast?
1: So Kristen and I met when we were kind of going through that transition Mm -hmm. from your 20s to your 30s. Shit was kind of like hitting the fan and also just coming out
2: of like- What does that
0: mean, shit was hitting the fan? Well, like think of
2: you like when you were in your like 20s to your 30s. Like how crazy and different was your life from like early 20s to your 30s? So here you are 22. No, but I
0: understand that. But what is the shit? So when you say Mm -hmm. shit was hitting the fan, what was that shit?
2: You're figuring out who to be with for the rest of your life. You're figuring out your career, Mm -hmm. like what you want to do. Like really there's such formidable decisions that you're making that we wanted to kind of like bring it on the air, talk about it. And then also just bring on experts to talk about
0: different things. Yeah. So we just, is that the shit that you were talking about?
1: yeah i I mean we all experience it in different ways, I think too like even just like we were talking about before, like being in your body, like, yeah I oh, think yeah. like when I was in my early twenties, I was like out of my body, I was mm-hmm. drinking too much, I was like living my life for other people, so whether it was a boyfriend or like doing what my parents thought I would always do, just yep. kind of finally kind of coming into what I know to be you know what I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and hey, this is our podcast, so <laughs> let's just keep the questions. No, I like, I, Let's just uh, No, no, keep no, no. The I like
0: asking questions. I like to know what. Yeah, like I said, no, I don't well, know so okay. I what I to I have no idea here. why I'm here. So I'm trying to figure out what it is. This is, is making me laugh too much. <laughs> Why are you, uh, why are you uh, tickling uh. your frown lines? Cuz
3: I just want I know <laughs> I just have like like
0: what is the massage you're supposed to do to keep these lines out of your face? I'm like just laughing
2: not, too hard. Do not crinkle. You're just slap it hard. Okay, one thing. Um Midwest for life. I'm from Word, Ohio.
0: That's the same thing, different sauce.
2: Same thing, different sauce, like cut from the same cloth. For sure. Where in Michigan?
0: Uh in a town called Brighton, a little okay. town called okay. Brighton. Okay. But, mm-hmm. Half hour, 45 minutes outside of Detroit. But I like to say Detroit because it makes me yeah, sound hard. Yeah, I just say
2: Cincinnati because I'm from a town outside Cincinnati. And what are you going to do? You're like,
0: right. no but one's going to know. So how do you think it defines you?
2: I think it defines me in so many ways. And I think for you, I see a lot of what I also think defines me is like, there's a quickness. I feel like to our speech and there's like, I a think.
0: quickness yeah. to our speech?
2: Yeah. I think it's do you like. you
0: think that's a Midwest trait? Yes. Wow. Like in okay. California,
2: when I'm talking to people, it's much slower. To get, we're very humble, and there's almost like a self-deprecating thing. For
0: sure, that you mm-hmm. definitely
2: I think I do from sure. what I've seen. So there's self-deprecation because you never want to like shine too bright in the Midwest. I felt like personally, and then there's
0: a work ethic. Yeah. yeah, there is like a blue-collar pride. I take pride in being Midwest because I think I.
1: What did you did you have jobs when you were still in Michigan? No, I was a kid. I left okay, when I was okay. a kid, okay. but I do mm-hmm.
0: think. I mean, people. My wife, my wife's like, why don't you just say Orange County, California? Because that's where I graduated high school, and I was mm. like, I will never claim Orange County, California. <laughs> Not that it's a bad. But I liked I growing I grew I up. I had a perfect childhood, but for me, like my family, my mom, my dad, all my aunts and uncles. I mean, they, everyone was from Detroit. Grew up in Detroit. I mean, yeah. my grandfather owned Eaton Springs, which was right next to Tiger Stadium. I mean, they built springs for trucks. It's you know, I think that that sort of family element like, you know, defines who you are. Mm-hmm. So I always define myself as a Midwest. Did
2: you feel different when you came to the OC then after moving from the sure, Midwest? Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're
0: at your transplant. Yeah. You know? So first and foremost, at 10 years old, an awkward 10-year-old kid, to be put in the middle of Orange County, California, was like, you know, you're trying to find friends and yeah. all those things. Which I think, and I've always felt like an outcast. have always mm. felt different. have always, you know, my, in some... I don't want to talk about my kids too much in terms of what they're going through, but Mm -hmm. there's things in my kid's life where they don't like social anxiety is a thing now. And now that it's defined, I'm like, that's so dumb. Social anxiety. And now I look back on my life. I'm like, Oh wait, Uh, that social anxiety component is a huge part of my life that I still go through now. I mean, I'm super comfortable in the one-on-one situations, but if you put me in a party, like a Hollywood party and I have to walk around by myself, I I literally, I was at an Emmy party last week. I'm on a show right now called mm-hmm. Good Girls on NBC. And I walked in, it was a big party. And I walked over and I saw Retta was on the show. I talked to her for eight minutes. I went by myself because my wife's like, I'm not going. <laughs> I wouldn't call my buddy. He's like, I'm not going. <laughs> I walked, Retta left. I walked around that party for less than a minute and a half. I'm like, oh, time to go. Because the idea of like sitting there yeah. in that experience, like trying to make new friends or try to like hobnob or, or try to like, Totally. Yeah. What's the point? I can't. Well, I think there's a big point in this town to DM, and I just my anxiety level is like I gotta get out of here. Totally. I have to get out of here. So my point is like, I think that I have always gone through an element of social anxiety in my life, which doesn't make sense as an actor. But if you're doing what you love, it sort of like dissipates, and it's very different than being in a party.
1: Mm. What about like the social situation gives you anxiety? Is it like having to live up to what you think they want you to be? Mm -hmm. Or like, what
0: about that? It's just, yeah. And I have, I belong to a country club. I love playing golf. Don't
2: mean to brag.
0: (laughs) No, but the idea (laughs) of like walking around and like seeing a bunch of people that I don't really know. And I I hate, I like, Mm. I don't remember names, and the idea, mm. like being there, like trying to fit in, like the idea of fitting in is the thing that I just like, I can't fit in totally. unless you put me around a bunch of artists and a bunch of actors and a bunch of like my people. If you put me in my people, I am the happiest person in the world. If you put me outside of my comfort zone, I'm a, a unmitigated disaster. I just get insecure. I just my fight or flight. Totally. And I'm at an age now where I'm like, I'm out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I'm yeah, 48. No like I'm gone. Yep. Um, but when
2: you have kids though, you're aren't you put in a lot of situations where you're like Yes? This you know, like PTO stuff, you know, so PTA.
0: PTA (laughs) PTO No children.
2: (laughs) PTO is paid time off.
0: (laughs) Pay time off.
2: (laughs) You don't get that with kids. But what do you do about those? Like I guess you're I'm not
0: good at that. You're loved. So longest relationship? Five years. Are you in a now? No longest relationship five
2: years a minute now you are mm-hmm.
0: what's that person's name justin how's it going <laughs> are you gonna get married uh-huh does justin know that <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> does. Uh, yes
0: <laughs> <laughs> does it freak you out um you're 30 does no it freak not you out not
2: being 30 freaks me out babies um yeah i definitely want kids.
0: do you feel the pressure
2: have kids? No. Uh-huh. Do you feel the
0: pressure to get married and have kids? Mm-mm.
2: I don't care. Like that stuff never. Did I you
0: just say, I don't care? Look me in the eyes and you said, I that. don't care. You literally looked, like, looked at the moon as you like, <laughs> like, I don't, don't care. because like, I is, don't even care what ebbs.
1: This is something. Did I, you care?
2: Yeah. At 30? I'm
0: asking her. <laughs> no. Hold on a sec. They,
2: they hear enough from us.
0: No, but do you, I mean, you
2: know is her. it a big deal? To have kids?
0: Uh-huh. Justin's gonna hate me.
2: I know. No, um, I love you. It's a big deal. Yes, I do. It is yeah, a big deal. You're to Midwest. Me. You're supposed to that's what we that's do. That's true.
0: We have babies.
2: That's true. Yeah, I mean everyone I know is like married already. For sure. Yeah, from home. So why are you and already has kids.
0: Just because um, it's not ready, not right? Are you, yeah, I just, Are you tripping?
2: I'm tripping. That's what it is. I'm tripping. I gotta kick this drug habit. I I um I just I miss my
0: club days. I,
2: miss my cl- I just the club days went too long. <laughs> too many years of- we were telling you about our club days.
0: I'm just like For the two minutes we talked before easy. we got there the air, we easy. immediately went to easy. club days and
2: Easy. Okay. Back to you. <laughs> oh, wow. you really,
0: you're really not. You're, okay.
2: Cause I am, I'm really noodling over that stuff right now. So, I mean, you've been married forever. Like when you.
0: Why aren't you in a relationship? That's a great question. She just
2: did an episode
0: on it on the podcast. Yeah. Are you swiping?
1: I, I not currently, but like I have, and uh-huh. I've met some like amazing people on the apps, but I just.
0: But then what happens them or you? probably me (laughs) i
1: just like it's it's not like it explodes i just know that it's not quite there Mm -hmm. and then i don't want to waste their time or my time you know what i mean sure and i i leave room for evolution i'm like oh like i kind of like totally tap into that's women for sure could this be something (laughs) and i um just haven't met I,
2: anyway, can I ask yeah. you a question that's yeah.
0: personal? And you sure. Cut, I'm assuming we can cut anything out of this. If you. We want. don't cut it.
2: anything, to be honest.
0: But okay. you but can if ask you want to you cut want. this? If you want? Yeah. So I do think that here's the thing that's interesting in that in a swipe left and right, which never happened in the, ever in when I was getting married, is I do think that there's a sexual speed to it. There's a fast forward to it that is really tragic. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if you try to slow it down, that person may probably go away. And if you continue at that speed, it's really hard to sort of get to that next morning wake up where you're like, oh, this is awesome and not feel, yeah. you know what I mean? Well,
1: that's why I got off of them that it became so like, I was on autopilot. It's like dehumanizing. You know what I mean? I just wasn't, because I've met amazing people that I'm like, oh, if I saw them on an app, maybe I wouldn't have connected with them for whatever reason. Maybe sure, it, they had a sphere. stupid bio or like a weird picture. Totally. Like, Totally. I don't, I don't want to miss people because I'm just kind of being I'm bored or something like that. So And
0: you also like if you miss people because you're going too fast, you get past a curve sexually and you're like, ah, and your fight or flight moves mm. you through, yes. then you're actually you are missing that person. Yes. You should go back and look at all your other, <laughs> no. mate, you missed him. He's out there. I'm sure he is. He's out there. I'm sure he is. He is, Honestly, sure he is. <laughs> Thank <All> you. Right.
1: <laughs> um, but what was, so in, you got married at 30? Yes. Okay. And where did you meet your wife? I,
0: I don't know if I can tell this whole story. Um, I met my wife. I went to a, a golf tournament that my friend was having. And I pulled up into this golf tournament with my friend, Tao and these a group of people were sitting around a, a jacuzzi with like, you know, with their clothes on. Sweet. No, no, it's not so bad. Sick party. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're naked in a jacuzzi. Um, no, but they were like, in short, like they were all like all sitting on the outside of the jacuzzi. And I knew the two women that she was with and I had never met her. Her name's Heather. And I was like, wow, that woman is beautiful. And they were oh. talking about going to a wedding in Italy. And that whatever happened at the wedding stayed at the wedding. And I was like, Mm, I'm going to get my ass invited to that wedding. (laughs) And I didn't know the bride and I didn't know the groom, but I am super charming. And within like, you know, two weeks I got myself invited to the wedding. Shut up. And like six weeks later, six weeks after I met her, we went to Italy. But in that, in the interim, I became super good friends Mm. with, with her and with like her, the whole crew that was going to Italy. And so we went to this wedding in Italy and then we traveled around, like seven of us traveled around for a month afterwards. And so in that month, I was like, but I'll put it this way. By the time we left Italy, I said to her best friend, I want you to remember, and I was driving Aww. from Florence to uh, Rome and I said, I want you to remember this moment and that was the moment I knew I was going to marry her. And we Ugh. had yet to have sex. Really? Uh, that's a lot. Talk to that's about a that. lot of information to give the general world...
1: I Think like, yeah, talk to me about that.
0: It I just didn't. I mean, we had kissed or I, mean, I keep hitting things now. When okay. we're talking about very excited. She probably wouldn't like this part, so let's, no, you know.
1: but it's like, yeah, no, 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 I don't mean the sex part. I think more it's just like getting to know someone, um, outside of like the typical. So you were like traveling, yeah. you were like with Seeing her friends, world. like yeah. that's just like that's like next level.
0: What I and mean is had a like, imagine crush on her
3: yeah. on top
0: of it. It wasn't like it wasn't. In a vacuum. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I had I could not stop thinking about it. I was like Yeah. We would we'd go to the movies, I'd drop her off and I'd like walk her to the door and walk back to my car. I'm like, I would watch her. Walk into the house like, please turn around. Please turn around. Look. Please just look. Please just look. And she would never look. <laughs> she knew she you were was looking. not interested. The other thing is that she was not interested in me in any way, shape, or form. She was not, she never seen Scream. She did not give two <laughs> shits that I was an actor. And that's what you like. And that's why I was like, she, I mean, literally to this day, could still care less <laughs> about what I do for a job. I mean, as long as I'm making money and feeding kids, she's happy. <laughs> Um, but I think that was a big piece of it is that mm. I, I, you know, I had a huge crush on her and I don't think nowadays you don't get a chance to have a crush as mm. adults. You never get to
1: yeah.
0: sit there and pre- pretend to be in love for a long time. I mean, there's just, you have to sit down and be like, do I like you? Do I don't? Do I like you? Totally. Do I don't? And I think that the idea of a crush sort of like gets you through awkward pieces cuz you're believing in something greater than the moment. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally I, that. I think that sounded deep. So that was can I write word. that down.
3: We, write writing that down. <laughs> we got it recorded. That was <laughs> so, tight. so it's good.
0: That was tight. But I, it, you know, the idea of something greater than is I think that yeah. too like
2: with the crushes it's like so you have the moments where you're like yes, that was like a sign that was positive and then there might be a sign that was like negative but now since you know where you're like oh, okay, maybe they don't think we're dating or maybe they don't really like me. You know, they said that I was a friend when they introduced me to someone, you know, when you first start. So there's so many like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, of when you find a crush. But with the online world, it's like, there's so many opportunities for you to just cut it. You know, it's like, sure. No. Mm -hmm. And then you could like know that there's something to move on. And I do feel like a lot of people, some people may know right when they first meet someone, it might be like immediate, but there are so many relationships that develop that our culture doesn't really allow that to happen, you know? Yeah, I agree. But wait, I want to talk about, so if you were, where were you when you guys met? Were you like, at what point in your career? Like, did you feel like you were like, did
0: you ever have like an ego? I know exactly where I was. It's so funny. I know exactly where I was because I was in, I was doing it. I was on a hardcore diet. (laughs) (laughs) I have huge body dysmorphia. I hate my body. And yeah, it's crazy. And I. Same.
2: Maybe it's a Midwest
0: thing. Maybe. (laughs) Literally. Maybe. And I was. Eating, I was like on a Atkins diet, which was big I back remember, in the yeah. And I was eating nothing but like meat and bacon and sausage. <laughs> and I was on this like we all went out as a group and I was like fasting or something. She's like, what are you doing? And I was getting ready to do a pool scene and she's all that.
2: Dude, and she's all that you <laughs> so, were I mean it was like so hilarious. Thin.
0: I know, and I thought I was fat. You're, wow! Dude, Isn't I that was, crazy? Dude. I look back on those movies now, and Yo. I'm like, "What was I doing?" There's a great. Sorry, go ahead. No, I taught. Talk- I just did Dax Shepherd's mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. which is why I think I'm here because I really always hated podcasts. Yeah, and my kids are like, crush.
1: You could have a podcast. I'm waiting for you, you to could. Put out your own.
0: I so the funny thing is, so I think I'm here today because we were as I walked in, I didn't. I don't know All what right. you do. I don't mean, know you are. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> He's like, it. Are you in pajamas? Yeah. I was like, Yes. <laughs> but I um but I think I want a po- I kind of want a podcast. You I will think crush it. Getting yeah. people though is hard, isn't it? No, it's not.
2: You will have an easy time. Do you have someone on your team? Like a someone, like an assistant or something?
0: I have, you you guys. have friends. Yeah, that's true. Have you, you
2: have this. us? Honestly. will be this. your bookers? Dude, um, you could w- yes.
0: Anyways, but I did Dax's podcast mm-hmm. and I talked too much because I was so excited. No, you didn't. I did. No, I you talked didn't. the whole oh, time. No, you didn't. We loved that episode. I talked so much. It
2: was, one, it was my favorite episode of his.
0: No, he's, yeah. he's genius. I just really loved good. it because
2: it was like, it was really sweet how much he remembered. And I'm like you, I don't remember anything. I don't remember like, anything. I don't remember. We are maybe the, we're same the same person. We're the same. Like people, like when they have memories, I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. have any memories. Like maybe if someone brought it up, I'd be like, okay. But like someone to be like, you were wearing this and I walked in the room and you were wearing this. And
1: I'm like, but we all have that like, selective Mars. memory where that yes. was a big moment for him. Yeah. And it, it was. wasn't a moment for you, yeah.
0: but he's also very, um, he's very good at that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's how totally. his brain works. Yeah. There's a great story at some point about celebrity. We're talking about mm-hmm. feeling like, I don't remember names and I hate that. And there is this, there's, um, Sam Waterston. The first movie I ever did was a movie called uh, Serial Mom with Sam Waterston and Kathleen Turner. And Sam Waterston said at some point I was like I was amazed at how many people were drawn to Kathleen Turner. And Kathleen Turner was a huge actress in the eighties and nineties, and um, is an incredible stage actress now. But she uh, she was like everywhere she went, the world lit on fire for her. And Sam Waterston said, "There's a great book called The Goer. And there's a story in which, and this is an interesting thing to think about celebrity. When you, if you ever meet a celebrity or you're walking along the, the street and you meet somebody, you're like, oh my gosh. So there's like, there's two guys at the 50s and they're walk, there's two guys are walking down the street and they're going in opposite directions. And this guy looks up to this other guy and he says, hey, can I get a light? And the guy, it's like, you know, what, at whatever day looks up and gives a light and it's James Dean, the cigarette in his mouth. And all of a sudden, it becomes, it was a Thursday. I just had bacon mm. and eggs. I was wearing a plaid shirt. Mm. I was totally. in blue jeans. And my girlfriend was like 10 feet behind me. I remember that I heard, and I gave him a light and he looked at me. And that moment becomes something yeah. exceptional. totally. And to James Dean, he just, he wants a light. It's another transactional moment. And I do think that early on in my career, like Sam Watterson told me that story. I'm like, that's the weirdest thing ever. And now having you know, been around for a hot mm-hmm. minute. I kind of like that. I mm-hmm. kind of like, I understand that those moments of transaction between two people may not mean a lot to you, yeah. but there's somebody out there that you can affect change in, you know, in a quick, in I'm a sure you
1: felt that like, especially I just think of like the
0: kids who see oh, you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I mean that, well, you know, you do these cons, I'll mm-hmm. go out and do a con. They mm-hmm. talk about this on Dax's thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did. That's The other thing is, I know if I ever did a podcast, <laughs> I would just repeat the same dude, story a hundred we times. We do it all the time. I do it all the I time. I told
2: that yesterday to Justin. I was like, dude, if you ever catch me saying the same story three times, it's give like, me I a get sim- my, just I give me my, a signal. Literally, I was like, I'll give myself two times I can tell the same story, but three times cut me. To Justin, like, yeah, to I Justin. Hate, I hate that.
0: Like, well, but I do think you have this you know, you have this reservoir of, of memories, <laughs> yes.
2: That's you're like, like fun to body remember. Body dysmorphia, and you like talk about this one story. You're like failing, and you talk about a one story. Oh it's like, God!
0: You know you bring I it have all have To come down. up with new body dysmorphia no,
2: stories. No, 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 I don't want you know those.
0: Body. I don't want those because I
2: can't believe that you're Brock. You were a so real. Dancing around, I'm like. But look think at that about little, like rail. what we thought
1: of ourselves when we were like 18, and 100%. then we look back. And we're like, I wish I had my 18 totally. year old body. I'm like, yeah, 100. percent Pre
2: puberty body is the best. I was
0: teaching a um, I was teaching a class, and this actress came in and she said, I had this white bathing suit, this two piece bathing suit. In my whole life, I was scared to wear it, and now at 40, I was like, God, why didn't I wear that white bathing suit? And her message, these actresses in this class I was teaching, was like, just wear the bathing suit. Yeah. Do not regret what you didn't do. Regret what you did. That's I'm some deep. A p- That's some deep, deep shit.
2: <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, the moments. Yeah.
0: Um, oh yeah, James Dean. Yeah, the James um, Dean. Oh, thing. having oh, Comic Con. Yes. If you're, if you're at a the con, kids. signing autographs. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's this. You can make money in our industry. Our industry is very weird. We like every industry in the world. The entertainment industry has been stripped of the ability to make money. I mean, yes, people make lots of money in our business. I make lots of money right now. But there's times when you're not making a lot of money. And like there used to be a world in which you could be a blue collar actor Mm -hmm. and do like an episode of television and then a commercial and you could live for the year. But that doesn't happen anymore because they've taken away the pay from that guy and there's no residuals. And it's, it's just our industry as a whole has been now being run by business people and so they're yeah. paying as little as they can to get the highest rate of return, which makes sense. But for the longest time, it was being run by artists for artists. Mm. And so we like to pay artists because we're artists, and that just that's now gone. It's never coming back. Um, actually it may at some point, but anyways, there's in our, in our world, you can make money signing autographs at cons. And I was like, I'm never doing that. That's so lame. Like (laughs) take, I will give anyone an autograph for any, for free right now. If you see me on the street, I will sign anything you want. And now I'm going to pay, somebody's going to pay me for something that doesn't make any sense. But somebody's like, you can make a lot of money. So I went and the first time I did it, I was like, I'm supposed to sit behind a table and people are coming up to me and giving, (laughs) I'm not doing that. So I sat on the table and every time somebody came over, I'd walk over and shake their hand or I'd hug them. So I'd walk over these random people and see they're hugging them and I'm Aww. shaking hands and I'm signing all And I go, now all of a sudden you're like, Hey, you're transacting in like humanity. Like you're making, you're affecting yes. change in people. And so this idea of like, you, you know, you can see these moments of like, of, of being a quote unquote celebrity and, and having an effect on people like for the first like 10 cons I did in my life, I would break down crying at some point because you'd get this like little gay kid in in Utah going SLC punk changed my life. Mm -hmm. Or you would get that transgender boy, you know, in, in, in Alabama or something like you would be Mm -hmm. in a weird place and you'd be like, this is what I was wearing when I was going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And here's why. And you're like, you know you're wow. like it's it's a nice little it's a nice little boned s- superpower to being an actor
1: and i think yeah when you kind of take that that veil or whatever mm-hmm. separates you as a celebrity from quote-unquote normal people like i mean there's something profound that happens i think in just the simple mm. connection we're on tour for the podcast and our community is like just meeting them in person. We don't consider ourselves celebrities at all, but
0: just like- You are in that community. Well, I think- And in this apartment complex.
1: (laughs) 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 But it's like, I mean, we, it is emotional. It is just like- because we are them, they are us. Like, it's just like this weird thing mm-hmm. when they, when the wall is broken down. We also
3: do
2: like with the podcast, we do it twice a week. It's there an hour and a half or something like that. So it's like, we're essentially with people for three hours a week. So, you know, we connect with them. We know them very well, but they know us very well.
0: And there's an authenticness to it. Yes. It's like, you're playing Scooby-Doo. That's one thing. But yeah. There's an authentic thing to a <laughs> yeah. podcast that's yeah. like, the reality is that everyone's super normal. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's just how much they choose to let you into that world. Mm -hmm. And if you're, look, and I understand if you're Sir Patrick Stewart, you're not interested in hanging, hugging everyone that walks through. I get that. But there is a level of celebrity that you, it doesn't scare me to let people in.
3: You have a really
2: good reputation in the industry. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you do. (sighs) Tell me, let's let's hit (laughs)
0: pause and let's just break this shit down.
2: I feel like everyone like just has like a real, like, You're basing that on what? YouTube
3: comments.
0: (laughs) 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 That is hilarious. Uh, Okay, but
2: YouTube is savage as fuck. (laughs) And there was like every comment was like the sweetest comment. Everyone's like, Matt is the best. He's so cool. Matthew's so cool. I love him. He was the best in SLC. He was the best in <laughs>
0: Scream. He was the best in Just all these so things. Just so they were clear, I am not. I am not the best. the self-deprecating because thing. Because there's not. There's, I will say that in this world, in this world of like in the con world or in the ability to like, I'm super, I'm a super normal human being for whatever reason. There was a time in my life where I thought I was super cool. There's a time in life I wanted to be really famous. And, you know, there's no doubt that I've gone through all these undulations of fame and celebrity. Not that I was ever really that famous. I was always the second or fourth guy in a movie. It was never like I was like the guy. I was the guy with one time SLC punk. I was the guy, but now at, at my, at this point in my life, I just don't. It's not interesting to me. Have you always Being like
1: rode the wave of those yeah. undulations or have you kind of like resisted it or been? Yeah, no, yeah. I think
0: it went through all of phase. I mean, I went through all phases. Yeah. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to have lots of money. I wanted to be a movie star.
2: Was that like when?
0: Uh, what's today?
2: All yeah, right.
0: <laughs> no, but no, but yeah,
2: but, but you know, you. I think it's like when it's coming, you're like, it's almost like people make you think you want it. They're like, you're going to, you know, like all this stuff is coming, all this success, all this money. And then you're like, yeah. And then it's kind of like, I don't know. Like sometimes I'm like, do I want that? Or does someone else want that? Because.
0: No, but I always think that you look, if you, if you drawn up for me, my career 50 years ago, you know, 30 years, however long I've been doing it, 30 years. It's like, this is what you're going to do. I would have like dropped down in the I would have cried but there's but there's no end to wanting more that's uh, yeah. the problem the real problem is that our industry and being a creative soul you you always want more there's yes. no like Tom Cruise right now wants more
3: totally
0: whoever that actor is whoever that singer is they were like I want Taylor Swift is like I want more that's crazy. Yeah. You're living the ultimate dream that you ever had and you still want more. That's so that so the drift between getting any, everything you ever wanted and then realizing, oh, this is actually has nothing to do with happiness. My career gives me I love acting. I love my job. I love working, but it's not actually what gives me joy. Being working, doing the work does, but celebrity has nothing to do with my joy. What else gives you joy? That's a good question. Um, well, what I teach and what I believe mm. is that the thing that gives you joy is actually fellowship. Is it actually this, hanging out with people, talking, the idea of playing Dungeons and Dragons, the idea of like like watching my kids play soccer or doing their art yeah. or being creative, like playing games with my friends, that's what gives you joy. It's not, yeah. it has nothing to do with money. I've had money. I've had no money. It does not matter. I mean, it doesn't really,
3: mm.
0: it doesn't bring you joy. Now, I don't, I don't know if that's yeah. true. Yeah, I, noticed, I mean, maybe that will change. But right now I'm like, oh, I really, I think at the end of the day, what I've discovered is that it's the journey. Yeah. So I talked about, I did talk about this and Dax mm-hmm. thing, but it is like, I want to be an artist when I die. Yeah. I want to be acting. I want to be teaching. I want to be in fellowship. I want to, I do play readings in my house, like every two weeks mm. where we sit around we drink cheap wine, uh, you know, that's and amazing. we read plays like Can't that worry. is awesome. We talk about, I'll bring up a topic and everyone will chime in. You know, I think that that's fun.
1: I think like being,
0: what gives you joy? So You're a single things. woman Yeah. on a Saturday night. <laughs> on a Saturday night. What do you do on a Saturday night? What did you do this weekend? You'd be
1: surprised. Actually, this weekend was out of the ordinary. I had a birthday celebration, so I went to that. But normally,
0: <laughs> to be honest. Did you just turn 31?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, a few weeks ago. That, it wasn't my birthday, oh. but yeah, yeah. Um, It's
0: so like on a Wednesday, a Monday night, what are you going to do?
1: I teach Soul Cycle and then I work on podcast stuff, and then I go to bed. I'm not like, it's weird. Like, you know, I, I was, I was going to say about like just being a creative too. It kind of like, it's so sacred and it is so personal and it kind of like, um, and it's always like speaking to you, you know, it's a, like yeah, whether yeah. you're willing to listen or not. And so like, as I've gotten older, I've just like wanted to make even more room for that. And sometimes when I'm like fucking around with someone like relationship wise, not just meaning like casually yeah, or that whatever to, yeah. that it, Kind of takes away from like me listening to that side of me, and I know I can do both. Yeah, yeah. Because you've done it. I'm looking
0: at you. Yeah, I, and I also. But think, it's very going. hard.
1: It's hard for me. But then also, sorry, I'm ping ponging around. But the money thing, being a creative, has kind of like fucked up my money mentality. Where like, like you, I don't. Yes, of course, when I have money, I it's nice. But I don't equate like this happiness with money. Therefore, sometimes I don't ask for what I deserve. Or sometimes I have no problem, like, you know, being in something for free. Like I'm an actor as well. So like, you know what I mean? Like if it's for a friend or something like that, I'm not thinking like, oh, this is my time that comes to me for my time, which is good and bad. Like, it's just an interesting relationship when you're a creative, when it's just pouring out of you and then Oh, I, I get paid for this. How do I negotiate that? Sure. You know what I mean? because yeah, it's yeah. your joy. You're like, I'm enjoying
3: this. Yeah. I, so like doing that,
0: it. That yeah. I like that. That feels like
1: compensation. It. The joy part of it feels like part
0: of the mm-hmm. compensation. Yeah. Well, I always think that, look, I get hit on all the time to do stuff. And you're like, at some point, I'm like, oh, I actually this doesn't bring me joy to work for free and to do stuff that I don't totally. inspire. You have to have something out of it. Like totally. you have to be able to like, this is why I like doing this. And if yeah. I don't have that, then yeah. I will not do it. The
1: energy exchange. I will say that equal. you
0: said something that being a creative sacred, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Why? I, I, because I, because I, I do think that there is this element that of somebody out there listening, is like, yeah. Oh, it's sacred, which is preclusive, which mm. keeps people away. And the reality is that I'm the most normal dude ever. I grew up in a blue collar house. My mom, not blue collar house, but I grew up in a a world where I don't have anyone in the industry. I don't have a single connection to being an actor other than I found something that I love to do and I chased the shit out of it. Totally.
1: So I guess I, what I mean, it's personal. It's just like,
0: because it, your, your creativity yes. and
1: how you how you channel it yes. is so different. Therefore, for me, I'm like, sacred. oh, that's kind of sacred to me. But I know I what you mean. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, know I, I, you like what I just think that just so anyone out totally. there listening that has something that's like in their head, fucking yeah. do yeah, it. let it out. Do that shit right now without fear. Yeah. I just started a Dungeons and Dragons company. Can I pop? Oh yeah. yeah let's talk about it. Okay? All of yeah. our D&D just... listeners are going to be like, oh.
2: <laughs>
0: No, but but I do think it goes to this, yes. which yeah. is, so I played Dungeons and Dragons. I started as a, as a kid. I played as a kid, cool. like eight years old. I started. And then when women, girls came into my life, at like 15. I'm like, Oh, I like girls. I'm not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like most normal people. <laughs> Uh, and then at acting school, at, when I was 21, my roommate at the time was like, yeah, I have all these Dungeons & Dragons books because I DM. I'm like, oh my God, I love Dungeons & Dragons. Let's play. So one night after a Super Bowl party, like me and five of my best friends started playing D&D again. I was 21 years old. I'm 48. We've been playing for 37 years. Wow. Same cool. group of guys. We've had people come in and out. But anyways, we so in this... We started a company. We started this Dungeons and Dragons company called Beetle and Grimm's Pandemonium Warehouse. And we basically are creating luxury items for Dungeons and Dragons. The only reason I say that is like right now I am in charge of international shipping, um, publicity and advertising, fulfillment, and like producing products in China. Nothing in my life gives me any reason <laughs> to be in charge of any of that Literally. shit. but I'm like, what? Just go. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's like a mid, we're all having like a midlife crisis. So you've got some so time fun. yet before you get to this. Yeah. But I'm like, instead of like getting a fast car and cheating on my wife, I am going to start a D and D company. And so we're in the middle of doing that, which means that I'm like, yes, we're jumping all in. And my buddies who I love are like, okay. And so now That's we're, so like, fun. on this crazy mission to start a company.
2: What are the luxury items you need for...
0: You don't need... The great thing about D&D <laughs> is you actually just need dice and a paper and, like, a source book, which all in costs you, like, 30 bucks.
2: So is it, like, cool spell versus spell?
0: Yeah, it's it's an ongoing... So, for example, we just played uh, an adventure that lasted nine years in which we were trying to stop Actual the age nine of years? worms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, for nine years, you, can t- you, you sit around the table and you tell... A congru- you tell a story. You tell an agreed-upon story, and at certain junctions, junctures, um, you're it. rolling dice to decide what happens. So, wow. like you're like you'll come upon a dragon, and you're like, "I'm going to attack." So that your the, the the attributes that you have as a character class have you can attack, and those decisions are defined by dice rolls. And it's just an ongoing story. It's a collective story. You sit around a table and you tell a story for nine years. It's incredible. And like, there's a huge resurgence in Dungeons and Dragons. It's crazy. Like so many people, because people are getting off of phones because they're like done with like sitting on Facebook going, I hate Kavanaugh. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. But it gives you nothing. Mm -hmm. There is nothing coming back. I said to my kids, you can sit on a phone for hours and hours and hours. There is nothing coming back at you. You are just throwing energy into this empty space. Mm-hmm. You sit around a table and you talk about Kavanaugh. You talk about the things that make you angry. Shit happens. Mm-hmm. Armies rise. Mm-hmm. It's when you, but you have to sit in a room with other people and going, do you agree? I agree. Right? Then you, then things happen. Yeah, you have to and do. the idea of playing Dungeons and Dragons is just telling a story and having fun now bringing the end to it. it's
2: nice to see something that takes a long like a, a like a long period of attention
0: <laughs> yeah. you know
2: what i mean like yeah. if something's lasting that long it's like you're it's like building
3: mm-hmm. over
2: time and like right now it's like there's things everything's so quick
3: yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: the news cycle instagram like every you know dating apps yep. it's all so quick so it's nice to see something
0: and you're sitting around it i mean look you basically sit there and bullshit for an hour yeah and you play a game would you
2: did you grow up with them in oc or
0: no, we all met at acting school. Oh,
2: you did. Okay. Yeah. Are they? All, are they famous too?
0: No. Okay. Uh, although we do play with Abraham Ben Ruby, who's like one of my favorite people in the world. Cool. cool. What acting school? Uh, Circle in the Square in New York. Yeah. So good.
2: What were when you were like? When was the period where you were like, I want to be an actor? Like, what was that moment where you are like, this is what I want to do?
0: You know, I never thought I'd be an actor. I mean, I I literally in high school I started to compete like in drama competitions. Cool. And I won. I was like actor of the year all four years in high school. I mean, you know, I mean, these are like. OC too, that'd be hard, right? No, not really. Not really. I mean, there's a lot of kids. (laughs) But there's like, you know, this thing of like. uh, I just always took it more seriously. Mm. This is what happened in eighth grade. I lost the lead of the play. Did I tell this story? No. I'm always worried that I told the <laughs> story. Do I'm always worried. <laughs> Don't I, worry. I lost the lead to Greed for Gold, where I played Darwin J. Doom. They had the all-star cast and Adam Carl, who was in seventh grade, a year younger than me, but he was on Joker's Wild, the, the game, and they like mm-hmm. had... Did like different strokes. Like he was an actor. He had a better
1: resume. He had a better resume. <laughs> As a seventh, in seventh
0: grade. Seventh <laughs> grade. And he won like the wow. he got the lead in that play. This is the dumbest story I've ever no, told. No, I, keep going. I was super, like, first of all, I was super upset. Uh, Second of all, I was like, oh, I'm I want that. I wanted that. I had uh, something I really wanted. Yeah. And I yeah. didn't get it. And the idea of like not getting something is either going to knock you down and send you away or it's going to invigorate you. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go get that shit. So in high school, I was like, Oh, there's the end of the year. There's a, an actor of the year award. I'm getting that. I'm going to get that. I got it. Damn. And then I was like, you know, and then there was a, uh, you went to competition and the first year I didn't win. Second year I did. Third year I did. Fourth year, you know. So the idea of like, oh, I could go audition in co- for a college play in high school. I'm going to get that. So I went and got it. And the idea of like seeing something and going after it with reckless abandonment mm. was, I think, really powerful. And, you know, at some point I went to college. I went to junior college. I went to Fullerton College for a year. And my mentor, I have found my mentor, one of my mentors in acting. His name's Gary Crinky. He was there. And um, I was there for a year and I had like, you know, 18 units and like of theater arts full-time class schedule on like two, like one class of history and I failed the history class, (laughs) but I got straight A's in all theater and I was there for a year. And at the end of the year, were, I cannot believe I'm telling this story. At the end of the year, <laughs> they were casting for this play called Tracers, which was a Vietnam War play. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get Dinky Dow. I'm going to go get that part. And I auditioned. And I'm like, I'm for sure getting it. And I didn't get the part. And I went back to Gary Kring. I'm like, why did not I get cast? Why'd you cast that guy? And it's like, because he's been here for three years. And once we give you a lead, you never get another part. Mm. And I was like, oh. So I have to be here for three years to get a lead. I'm not staying at a junior college for a year. So I went to act. I said to my mom and dad, I was like, all I've ever done is act. The only thing I've ever been good at in my entire life was act. Now, mind you, I was not good. I was was just better than everyone around me in this tiny pool. Mm -hmm. And I was like completely committed. Mm -hmm. I was like completely in. So that sounded like Shaggy, by the way. <laughs> <Completely> <laughs> um, I'm sick, I'm so I always it. sound like Shaggy. <laughs> uh, but I was totally, totally down. Yeah. And so I went to, uh, I said to my mom and dad, "It's all I've ever done. I'm going to go to acting school. And if I suck and it goes south, I'll go back to college. I'll go back to a junior college. Because I, you know, I had this h- terrible learning disability. And like me getting to college was... At that point in my life, I just, uh, I didn't know how I was going to get through. Mm. I was never going to be able to do it.
1: What, well, learning disability?
0: I'll tell you in a second. Okay. And so, um, I have no problem talking about all yeah. the bad things in yeah, my life. Totally. I love talking about that stuff. But the, um, but I, so I went to acting school for a year. And the first thing I did was they had this big, you know, you had to do like a, like a five minute scene. Like it was like the end of the year sort of senior project. So I went to like eight guys. In my acting class, I'm like, you guys, let's all put our time together and do this play called Tracers, and I'm going to play Dinky (laughs) Dow. So cut to, we did that, and then everyone's like, that was fun. I was like, let's start a theater company so we can put it up in LA, and we'll get people, and we'll get them to pay us $50 a month, and then we'll run a theater company in LA. And they're like, okay. So we started a theater company at like 19 years old because I wanted to do Dinky Dinky Dow in Tracers. (laughs) That's crazy! Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Fellowship. There that's we go. Genius. Yeah, Bringing it's people also together. like weirdly like yeah. angry. Like oh, I'm gonna get the... oh, I can't have it. I'm gonna make that happen. It's like a dude thing. Mm.
3: Competitive, it's,
0: but I'm not that. Com- <laughs> but I'm like I'm the li- I, know, I'm I no problem losing. I like competing though.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I couldn't. So is as a in eighth grade I was spelling. I did, I did math at like a first grade level and I spelled mm-hmm. at like a third grade level. So something happens for me that when you are teaching, I can't listen and process anything.
3: Mm, I can yeah.
0: read it. I was reading at like a 12th grade level. I could read like a, Total. I could read great. Wow. And I could engage because I was very, ver- I was highly verbal and I could engage with anyone. So in a class, like I could talk about the things I read, I could talk about history and I sort of, anything reading was great, but anything spelling and math was terrible. And I was like, my sophomore year of high school, my junior year in high school, I was just starting to have sex. And my homework at the time, not that anyone needed no, know, but <laughs> I'm,
3: like,
1: was I'm like, I need Sorry, the connection. <laughs> Close the loop. Because
0: here I, was, here I was like trying to like, here I was like figuring out, sex and i'm doing speak and spell as my homework so i would carry home a speaking spell thing and here i am like driving around and doing things
3: totally doing things and yet my
0: homework was like you have to do speak and spell for a half hour (laughs) cat (laughs) c-a-c
3: it's crazy
1: Uh, wow did they have like the um i guess the helper assistance from mm -hmm. teachers at that point like Sure. And Is that why you like to teach now? Mm.
0: No, I was mm. in a special ed class, but okay. I, because I, I was not like, I was with kids that were high on the spectrum. Mm. And also, like, I was every kid in a public school, I was in this class, but I had arranged that I could go into the class five minutes late and leave five minutes I late so that people wouldn't see me walking into this class. Aw. <laughs> And wow. so, and that Ms. Killian, I'll never forget her name. That was like my eighth grade teacher Aww. at that time. And then took it all the way through high school. Wow. And then what was the other question?
3: What oh, is, other is that why question? I teach? No,
0: I just think I, oh, yeah. I just love to, te- I'm a better teacher than I am anything in my life. Mm. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm not.
2: But Yeah. It's interesting too. Like you're- Did you guys,
0: what's your dysfunctions? I've, um, I've told all my dysfunctions. It's
2: a good one. I have a lot.
0: Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> <I
2: know>. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot, but i have really realizing body this is, dysmorphia. Yeah, body dysmorphia. This is something. It's so funny because we, we were
0: talking in like less than three minutes. You told me you were a fat girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's a funny thing. That's like a that's years of therapy and or doing a podcast for a long time for because sure. your ability to like immediately let that out. Is sort of unparalleled. It's also care. with
1: people too that, like, I mean, yeah,
0: comfortable around yeah, you. comfortable around. It, it, you yeah. mean the three minutes we met? I know, met but, but you be surprised. In and
1: but same with you. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like, and you had Fat Kids Rule the World. I'm like, he gets me. <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> I'm
2: like he knows me. Um, something else that's a flaw too that I'm really working with. That I is it a flaw.
0: I didn't say or, flaw. Or I it's said a the disability you strugg- thing you struggle with.
2: Struggle with expressing love when oh. I'm upset.
0: Oh, when you're upset? Mm-hmm. Expressing love when you're upset? Yeah, like what I, does that mean? I don't really
2: have an ability when I'm mad to like be loving. It's like-
0: Or compassionate. Yeah, or compassionate. Oh, I'm ooh, like cold really? as ice. Yeah. Ooh, you're vicious? Cold as ice. Really? Yeah. That's just fear. You know that, right?
2: I know. And that's I'm really working on Are it. Are your
0: mom and dad divorced? Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Thanks for bringing up when they ruined my life.
0: But that's what it is. But oh, that's, yeah. 100%. But that's totally what it it's is. It's because my mom you was- You can't hurt me.
2: Never able to do that. Like, she just was never- Abel, it was like when she's, you know, there was never like, a, I love you, but this is like not working for me. You know, like, how could we? It's always like, no, no, no. Like, it, it just was there was never any love that came when like people were upset. So I'm just like working through that.
0: Have you told her?
2: My mom? No, she's like real... She's real top top dollar tea. My mom is a piece of work. So, top dollar tea? Yeah, that's what I call her, top dollar tea. She's just a piece of work. So Does I don't, she listen to this? Sometimes. She should. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you should send her this episode. I'm really charming. I know, <laughs> <at all>,
2: literally. <laughs> so she wouldn't really know how to process it. She's not really at a level where she would be able to understand, process it, and then make a change in her life. Or Or acknowledge it. You know, she'd be like, she'd go, huh. <laughs> and that's it. Literally. There's not really like a
0: acceptance. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's all, it's too much analysis. Like even like, as an example, after her, and my dad got divorced, they were married for like 33 years. And there was like some things that happened.
0: 33 years. Yeah. Um, what are you getting out for? Like, what are you doing?
2: And I was like, one time I was like, what would have you like learned since getting divorced from dad? She's like, I've never thought about that. I'm like,
0: yeah, but I do think that there, I don't know how to say this without sounding insulting, but there is younger generations, okay. A, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. geographically, B, yeah. there is this seeking of something higher than mm-hmm. what is just there. There is this, there is a different level of enlightenment in people who are younger and also like surrounded by people. I will say that in Southern California, you're surrounded by people that are talking about enlightenment, meditation, totally. depth, therapy, what you're going through. I mean, all these things that you're talking about right now, this conversation may not be happening. in I don't want to say Toledo, but in Toledo, this may not be people sitting around the thing going, Ooh. And maybe that's why this podcast works so well is that they're, it, you're talking about stuff that people don't normally talk yeah. about. So that's, I actually don't blame your mom for that. Cause you're, that's like saying to somebody on their deathbed, wait, there's a savior, Jesus, I know you've been an African <laughs> voodoo master for a hundred years and you're on your deathbed. There's a person named Jesus Christ. And they're like, sorry, I don't really have anything to say about that. Cause I'm dying. You know what I mean? So the idea of like somebody at yeah. that age going, I'm ready to seek that enlightenment is totally. Hard.
2: Also too, it's like, yeah, I think about, it, it's like your kid. You're like, if you're, you know, I, like if my kid came to me with that, I'd be like, huh? You know, cause you never, I guess as a parent, I would understand. But you're not
0: her. a kid. Do you feel like yeah. a kid?
2: No, but I think that she sees me as a kid. Right. So like, how do you talk to your kid so that you talk to them like they're adults, but you also have like it's
0: tough. authority. Yeah. stuff. What? I'm going to go back to that. Okay. <laughs> What's your? Go ahead.
1: This is actually the pre episode to yeah. Matthew's new podcast. Yeah. It actually <laughs> is. You're so good. I really do want no, you to No, I a like, podcast. but I like,
0: but I, I am way more interested in people than I am interested in Same. talking about myself. I know. I know. The only reason I'm here is because I was like, why do you want to talk to me? <laughs> She's like, you sent me a direct <laughs> Like, we want you to a podcast. I'm like, why? Chloe crushed. Like, was that you? reply.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, nice. We all um, felt the same.
2: Yeah, we uh, like, But the go. idea of
0: like, you didn't say, I want to talk about Scream. You didn't want to talk about Scream. Do you get annoyed
2: when people talk about Scream?
0: No, not at all. I just don't care. Totally. It's like, but, and I'm glad that that movie still has places in people's life, but it's like literally talking about the first girl I ever kissed when I've been married for 18 years. It's like, I have nothing to say about it.
3: Totally. It <laughs> was like, great. It was
0: lovely. <laughs> it was awesome. We kissed. I don't, it, it's not, it totally. was a job. Yeah, totally. It was a good job. <laughs> it, you, you know, somewhat helped change my life, but it didn't really. So mm-hmm. it changed yours. That's fine. What is the question? What am I asking? I forget Um, what you're
2: struggling with, what you're struggling with.
0: No, what, what, what did you struggle? What did you struggle with? Or What's like, your, as a kid, I just given. Oh, as a oh, kid, that's as,
2: as a kid is a little different. Yeah. Well, no,
0: a, or whenever. I was like, um, do you struggle? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's interesting to kind of look back at those times when I was. So I was like in I think that time around like seventh eighth grade, kind of like you, where I was involved in theater and being creative, but I was in an all girls school, and I was, and I was
0: like, where? Where'd you grow up?
1: uh New jersey Pennsylvania uh, but pennsylvania um what town newtown, okay, just north of philly, it's like thirty minutes
0: sure,
1: yeah yeah, posh yeah, very fancy. yeah, so well I mean, not fancy, but just like i've i i grew up very you know stable well off Copy like that. you know, I was always kind of likable and cute and blonde and whatever sure. right. But then I went to this all girl school and I like started to get the leads in the plays and the head honcho girl, like um, it was very small, but she rallied everyone kind of against me, <gasps> which looking back, you're like, oh, that's whatever. But in the moment, sure. in, in the in that year, I didn't speak. So I would just do theater, but then I wouldn't speak in school, which is so not like me. I wouldn't raise my hand. I would like so emotionally tired i was like falling asleep in class and just not myself but i think that that year had like a deep impact on like just how i am especially with like women um
0: meaning you don't trust them or that you are i do now
1: i do now that's why the podcast is such a incredible full circle thing because we do have a community of women but i it's not that i didn't trust them i just didn't see myself as a girl's girl i didn't I didn't think that women really understood me, but that's not true. You know, I just had a really bad experience for sure. a couple of years. It's um, funny. Those are the
0: kind of experiences that that kid out there kills himself. Over. I know. And you're like, Oh God, baby.
1: Well, that's why like, just we, hold
0: on. Cause it does the, get it better. It gets better. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it, I honestly didn't, I would wake up every day and not want to go to school. Sure. I was just yeah. crying. Like I just, well now the, this that. idea
0: of suicide is prevalent. Like like, when we were kids, like you would just, no matter how bad it got, it never really was in the lexicon. Right. Cause you're like, oh, but now with social media and with, you know, celebrities and left, right and center, it's like, it is in the zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. And I know there's access to the notion of it's breaking down the sort of acceptance and awareness of it. That's, you know, this reasons, 13, whatever the thing is, reasons why. And you're like, fuck you. Yeah. Have you Just, seen it? I haven't. And I have, I have, I have to say I have like teenage daughters. I don't need it. I don't want I it. I don't yeah. need the fear of my life. I
1: know.
0: But you asked me the question, how do you talk to your kids and still maintain? Mm-hmm. It's super hard.
3: Yeah.
0: It's, but it's about respect. I mean, I do think that you have to, I think that you have to continue to see them as equal. I mean, not yeah. in, in terms of authority. I mean, look, it's really interesting right now. We're raising kids in the era of Trump, no matter how you feel politically. And that it's, and I think it's on both sides. Whether you vote for Donald Trump or not, this moment of enlightenment and the moment of a million women march and raising young women in that window, no matter how you feel, is super powerful. And raising strong women is amazing. until <laughs> You have to tell them to go to bed. And then it's like sucks. <laughs> and you're like, hey, it's time to go to bed. Don't tell me what to do, you patriarchal son of a bitch. And we have really highly verbal, highly intelligent young women. That's amazing. In our family, we have a 16 year old and a 13 year old, and they're fucking great women. And they're really hard to parent because they don't, they don't half step.
1: What have know? they taught you? Oh
0: God, nothing. I hate them. No, um, <laughs> what are they? I, I mean, look, I, I have to say that my oldest. I'm, I'm struggling with something that I'm not proud of that I'm sort of like, and I, and out loud, like, so I say to my daughter, like, doesn't this bother you? And she's like, dad, that's, that's not right. You can't say that. And like, I'm having open Mm. canned discussions saying, how do I get past this with my 16 year old? Mm. And then gender equality and gender identification and the idea of like the strength of, Of that whole thing is like pronouns and they's and them's. And I'm like, it's it's taught me a lot. But on top of it, like compassion and like understanding Mm -hmm. and like fill me with pride and all those things that you want, all those good things that you want your kids to sort of add to your life. Mm -hmm. I have amazing kids.
2: Did you ever go to therapy or anything? No, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But I will say that, In that theater company I started when I was 19, this woman named Mary Angela Pino Davies. She was a teacher at my school, and she was a a product of the San Diego State Theater Department. Mm. And in that department, they taught their students how to fight, how to argue, which was a lot about hearing somebody and identifying that. I hear what you're saying. I accept what you're saying. And it makes me feel like this. And there was like a language a vernacular that went around arguing that at 19 with this woman who at the time was probably like she was an adult and she was probably 30. She infused that into our relationship. Right. There was two, me and my best friend, Dalton Grant, and her started this theater company. Wow. And she infused in this in all of our conversations, I mean we met weekly, and she infused like this, and she was super passionate and super full of like she was Italian, and she was like I, 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 mm-hmm. lots of like you know she was bombastic, but she always had this lexicon in which she fought, and in my life, I've used that my entire life. I hear you, and sometimes i I miss that with my kids. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging what they're going through, like sometimes like just get the fucking bed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Stop being a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> right. um, but I think that that has allows me to, in a lot of ways, like f- like just be really open. And I also think that look as an actor I spent my whole life as an actor, the, the barrier for entry to me and emotional reality doesn't scare me. So if I get angry, if I want to cry, if I get happy, if I get full of joy, it's like almost schizophrenic. You nothing scares me. I have no problem getting angry and passionate. I have no problem being scared. I have no problem expressing that. So if there's no walls between you and your true self, then you don't really need therapy. Because I'm mm. like, I'm completely accessible uh, accessible. That pisses me off. That makes me happy. Why can't you give me this? I need this. What you know? I'm not saying I'm a perfect man, totally. perfect relationship. I'm not saying I don't have my faults, but I'm very able to sort of identify them, speak out loud about them and like work through them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah.
1: And I think acting or, wow. or being a creative like that does help because you like the way in which you, you know, either prepare for a role, it is kind of therapy in a way, like just, I, I don't know. I just feel like it opens you up beyond say, you know, your typical
3: not typical, but regular yeah, job. Look, you no, know?
0: no lawyers out there going, yeah. all right, <laughs> yeah. how am I going to sob in this sequence? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me break down those numbers. Exactly. So. Exactly. Have I talked a lot? No. no. So good. No, are we three hours into this fucking no. thing? We're three
1: hours in. <laughs>
0: three Chloe, hours. Chloe, did
2: you want to ask anything?
0: Aquarius, next question.
2: <laughs> oh, you are? You did? She knew. <laughs> she just plowed through Twin Peaks.
0: Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I,
3: <laughs> so oh sweet. my God. Why is she so nice to me? <laughs> She's a peanut <laughs> head. What
0: happened to you guys' jeans? Let's just address your M- jeans. My dad said, First of all, your jeans are super do you, wait, high. Do you, yeah, no, do you say to your kids? I can see your butt. No, <laughs> I can see your butthole okay. right now.
3: But this is This I, it, it doesn't I matter.
0: I, I'm like between Yo, you and your 16 year old Literally,
1: do you say to your Do you say to your daughters? I can see did your butthole. You or did <laughs> you pay for those? <laughs> I said
0: my daughters, I say, get the fuck upstairs and change. <laughs> or did, no, did you cuss actually with them? pay for those? The way, what? Do you cuss with them all the time? In fact, yeah. I said I have a conversation with my 10 year olds. Like, here's the deal. I don't care about cussing. Yeah, You use either. it One time inappropriately, you've got a problem, and there is no f word. Mm. I don't really care my mom I don't care yeah but if you're not smart enough to understand that there's a time to cuss and there's not and you're using it the wrong places you will be punished yeah because yeah. you're an idiot
2: yeah
0: don't be an idiot
2: yeah
0: damn that's a good parent par- yeah, yeah I
2: actually really like that yeah.
0: yeah I mean what are we talking about like, what, I what do I gain by restricting that mm
2: mm-hmm.
1: I remember my dad teaching us the bad words just so we knew what they were mm-hmm. and that those were the words that we sh- shouldn't probably say in like school and things like that. Mm. But we have recordings of my dad like
0: teaching the kids. That's hilarious. Did he explain what they were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's very weird. <laughs> okay. What That's do you very work? literal. Very literal. I have to say I'm so, I, I want to so bad. But I hated podcasts for so long. Mm-hmm. Because I never listened to them. and I was like, oh, I don't want to talk. About- Here is the thing: I do hate, I hate talking about myself. That's why we, we interview don't, people. Well, yeah, but
1: we, you don't have to talk about yourself.
0: I just talked about myself for an hour. Because like, you you're on But arts. you would
2: interview people.
0: Eventually, I just end up talking about myself. okay. <laughs> <laughs> which people want
1: to hear? We forget that people yeah, do want to hear. hear.
0: You know, I. But I, I would so, I would love to do it. My, I have lots of fears about it, which I just gave this Tom a inspirational. Yeah spitting about things i mean i've got i've got a lot going on i think with
2: the new business it's kind of hard
0: not only like that but i have this business called hive be good
1: what is that's that?
0: that you guys should come to our next event yeah. yeah um so hive be good i started with this woman named harper mcdonald and we throw social interaction parties
3: cool
0: so we basically get a 501c3 or an organization that wow. sort of is Struggling with something, and we throw them a party. We bring in a DJ. We do it at a bar. Tickets, free drinks, and we present the opportunity to for the five hundred one to C three to present their problem, their question, what we call a social riddle. And then we present that riddle and we to everyone in the group, and then we break the groups up into different groups, like smaller groups, and then we ask them to solve the riddles. And so what we're doing is that we're getting people together in a party situation. And giving them something that somebody's struggling with and using groupthink to kind of make the world a better place. It's called Hive Be Good. You can check it out. Wow. I love that. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's great. And we, you know, we've, we started by doing some, we we were literally, I was like, I, I said to her one day, as we were picking up kids at our school, I was like, what's going on? And she's like, I love her. She Harper's like one of my dear friends. And I was like, what are you doing? She just quit her marketing job. She's like, I'm looking to, try to save the world I'm like so am i oh, wow and so we literally sat in coffee had coffee and my whole thing i go back to all the time is fellowship like people together super yeah. powerful so it's like well what if we just asked this riddle like what if we asked a question and what comes out of these moments we ask for no money we ask for passion and for your life experience so what happens is that we present like so if we do something the homeboy industry so Homeboy Industries is an organization here in Los Angeles that's rehabilitating gang members over the course of a you mm-hmm. know a, a 16-month program. And so we like one of the riddles we had is like how do, might we as a community, when you graduate as a as a member of, of the homeboy program, how might we as a community give value to that graduation? And so what we do is we ask these people, like how do we do that? Like, what, we're a creative community, how do we do that? And, you know, everyone sits there and they get turned on. Like, well, what if we do this? What if we do? What if, how, oh my God, it'd be amazing if we, you know, people get excited. And in that excitement, you're like, okay, great. At the end of this thing, we don't ask, we don't want your money. I don't want your money. Your money does, then I'm like, what I want is your passion. Because if you're passionate about something and turned on by something, you'll do something. So like, and if you can do something easily, I'm going to put you on a podcast. We'll talk about your thing for an hour. That can change the whole trajectory of yeah. of what that you know what if that organization is going through. So our whole thing is like, don't give us money. Now look, in time, if you're excited and turned on, you'll give money if you have it. But if you can do something, if you're an artist, if you're a podcast, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you have to offer and it's easy to give, well then it's awesome. So wow.
1: Hive be Good. Hive Be Good can be a podcast. Mm-hmm too. Yeah. To kind of raise like, so true. Meaning, podcast. meaning, meaning, I mean, sorry, that was like a push on you, but it, like, I just see, like, I, I see the group, the group think, and then also kind of another form of it being, you know,
0: yeah, it's in interesting, I, you know, but I don't, th- it, I know what you mean. It's, it, I, you know, I, I think that, I think that what happens is that sitting in that room inspired by the person to your left and your right. And the story, the whole thing is like, if you sit in kinship with somebody, if we show you Mm. a gangbanger and that gangbanger tells you the story, you all of a sudden are sitting in what Father Greg Boyle calls radical kinship. You're sitting in someone's space and you're hearing their story. And all of a sudden you're like, A, you're a human being. B, I can look in your eyes. C, you're crying. I'm crying. Now I want to humanly help. Mm. Very different than a podcast driving totally. down the to four hundred five, totally. Which is great, but
1: I just want to like be. Well, we want to be in the. I definitely want to come you to should one.
0: Definitely, I'll invite you guys. That's that's awesome. We're doing one on. I mean, you know, you you're also every time you're there, you're expanding. Yeah, you're sitting in a community. Like we're doing one on um on the women of homeboy industries. So everything's focused on the the men, like the women. It's crazy, and we're doing. Uh, one on sex trafficking. So, you know, every time we sit in these spaces, you're like, I, I got to do something. You know, the food deserts of South Central, there are kids out there that don't have food. We throw away a million pounds of food a day and people don't have food. What is, that's the dumbest. That is the dumbest problem society faces. Like people are throwing away food and people are hungry. That's stupid. Anyways, yes. This is not I bad. love that. So good. No, 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 We're no, supposed no. to be talking so so about so oh good. God, yeah, that will all be, cool. stuff, shut up. <laughs> No. Um,
2: are
0: 30. We, huh? I'm, I'm not 30 You know that, right? You know I'm not a woman. No. Wait, what? Oh, these nuts,
2: <laughs> These <laughs> um,
0: barukas are so delicious. I, I
2: want to come to It's like a
0: shiny peanut. <laughs> <laughs> they need salt. They're so
2: good. Um I want to come to those. I like radical kinship.
0: Mm. I appreciate Greg that. Great boil. I still yeah.
2: I love that. I will love to share that.
0: Okay. And the other, can I tell you the other cool thing yeah. I do in my life? Yeah. Yeah. Any reason to tell a story though? No, not really. Yeah. I'll tell you off the air.
2: Okay. Oh. We're ready.
0: <laughs> I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> Whatever it's you want. awesome.
2: Okay. So it's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's not. No. I'd be good. It's not your job. Okay, t- uh, yeah. Tell it.
0: Can I tell it? Because maybe somebody will hear and then yes. somebody will find you and find the sponsorship opportunity. So that was a thing called Hatch. Oh, yeah. So Hatch was started by a man by the name of Yarrow, who is collecting people to try to save the world. Mm. That's a long story, but he's basically, he's looking for superheroes in whatever realm they live. And he's bringing them together to Montana. It was this last weekend. I wasn't able to go, but he brings them together. In Montana. And he asked people to work towards saving the world.
3: Mm.
0: So I was this experience last year, two years ago. And I had like a vision, this crazy like vision. Did I talk about this? Mm-mm. Have you heard anything about this? No. Oh God. I feel like I've <laughs> told all these stories. Chloe would know. <laughs> um, so I had this vision and then I'm literally writing and you, and Hatch you, it's like this community of people that are like, you're doing deep diving, you're crying like it's great. It's like this really mm-hmm. kind of amazing emotional experience. And, and Yarl cultivate, curates these like incredible people. So anyway, so I'm in this moment, I'm journaling about something and somebody's a next door neighbor. Next door. Sorry. I thought it was an assassin. <laughs> I'm wanted by Interpol. Your time is over. Um, but the, uh, so in this moment I was journaling and I never journal. That's not my jam, but I was journaling and in this journal, I was like, I want to, and I'd won this award for being a philanthropic actor, which is hilarious because I was accepting this award. I'm like, I do nothing. Mm -hmm. I really do nothing. I show up at stuff. I like say nice things, but like, there's nothing, there's no way that I deserve an award. Mm -hmm. So I was in this, I was up at Hatch and I was journaling and I was like, I want to do something. I'm like, I want to do, I actually want to change. I want to be a part of change. And so I had this vision. I was like, in my vision, I work a lot with Five Acres in Pasadena. Five Acres is like one of the oldest group homes for kids, an orphanage. Cool. An old world name for it. Um, five Acres in Pasadena. And I do a lot of work with them. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if we created something for the kids? Because everything about that organization is about sort of giving money. And I hate giving money. My whole thing is give passion. I was like, what if we created like a poetry jam? Like a slam poetry, mm. teaching kids living in five acres, do slam poetry, transitioning darkness and horrible, horrible, horrible shit in their lives. Like their stories are like, it's hard to believe that people live through their stories. What if we took and gave them a piece of alchemy to change that into something Wow, fucking magical? Wow. And so as I'm seeing the writing, I'm like, this would be cool. This woman walks over to me and she said, you know, I would love to talk to you about doing poetry. Whoa. Now, in my life, nobody's ever asked me about poetry in my life. I don't like poetry. That's, poetry is not my thing. It's not like I'm like, wow, slam poetry. Like, literally, I'm like, this would be cool. And this woman walks over, she goes, you know it would be cool? What if you taught me how to do poetry? I'm like, huh? you have to look in my journal. Mm. This is crazy. So we sat there for 20 minutes, and we banged out this thing called 5Gama Slamma. And basically, what we do <laughs> is the first, first year, we took five poets We did five days of like poetry, sort of infused poetry teaching in this, with this organization called Say Word. And we taught them poetry and on the sixth day, we throw this party. We don't ask for any money. We let these kids sort of spit their truth. Wow. Last year, somebody came in called Engaging the Senses and they let us put poetry in for six months before the show. So we teach these kids poetry for six months and then they spit. And I was like, what? And this year, we're doing it for an entire calendar year before they wow. um, do this event. And the event's called 5GEM Slamma. It's in April. and Dude, we, we got to go. Literally. Can well, anyone go? Or is it just it's That's a parents? good question. I mean, it's, it's wow. I literally, we invite people that to come because it sort of has to be. Yeah. We want because we don't ask for money. We're not asking to raise money. What we're asking for is you to become advocates for kids living in group homes, for kids in foster care, for being advocates for Five Acres, which is doing incredible work. So, if anyone's out there that wants to sponsor, like we're looking for like money to. So the event itself, like I oh, like a in,
2: company to sponsor. Yeah, our yeah. our
0: company. So my wife and I kick in. A handful of money. Five Acres kicks in a handful of money. And the whole thing, we don't pay any of the poets. They donate their time. And the kids share the stage with some of the great poets, the some of the great slam poets in the United States right now. So Seiko Andrews, Steve Connell, like Kayla Wong. I mean, these incredible, like these dudes spit. Wow. Kat McGill, who's a woman that works with us. But um how I talk to you. No, that'd be so good for Uber
2: or Facebook. You know, one of those big companies, especially Facebook with, they do a lot in the community and we have, I have connections there. It would be like really great.
0: It would be, it makes sense. Like, you know, to...
2: Yeah, that's amazing. It's an
0: incredible night of these kids getting up and like terrified, and all of a sudden you're like oh. hearing these poems about wow.
2: Imagine me of Susie Batiz's. I know. Thing. I know. Yeah, I was just thinking. We have that. a we have a friend that recently did like a spoken word poetry thing about her her life and her experiences in her life, and it was so
0: powerful. It's crazy. Yeah, you it's get crazy. these kids and, like all of a sudden they've got a two minute piece about, and
2: it almost it. It's like by saying it in that way, it's like the owning it kind of takes so much away, so much of of the power away Mm. from the situation.
0: Yeah. If you you can teach them that that pain is actually your entrance into something beautiful. Like if you can transition alchemy, I call it alchemy.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, can you move that to gold? Can you bring that to stage? And Jay, cha- I mean, you can't leave that space without having tears in your eyes. I mean, it's an mm. incredible night.
2: That's amazing. Yeah, I oh. would love to help. And anyway, so if
0: anyone out there, oh, by the way, I just completely hijacked the last 20 minutes between Maybe Hive didn't. Be Good. That was it. And I'm so glad you shared on.
1: that. I-, I, I, literally- I had no That's idea. Important. That was so important. Yeah. I don't know. We had no idea. Know. And now we
2: can go to Hide Be Good and find people to bring on our podcast, like bring home, the homeboy people yeah, on there. Yeah, that'd be amazing. You know, like that's really important for us to continue to have conversations like that. Yes. You know,
0: you, So why do not yeah. I organize that? You know, it'd be yeah, great done. is to sit here with some of those women and yeah. hear their story and hear how they did everything they did. Yes. For their reasons that when you look at somebody like that, you're like, wow. I mean, we sat with a woman- we did this female this female centric event with uh, the women of Homeboy, and she had her um, zip code tattooed across her mouth like a clown, you know, like a huge across her mouth, and "fuck you" across her forehead. And you're like, "Baby, you're 19. Uh, what happened?" You know, and she tells her story, and you're like, "I get it."
3: Totally. you know,
0: and those women out there, like those are women that have babies that have fought through addiction, that fought through like their whole thing. And I don't want to tell their story. It's their story. But when you're a woman in a gang, you're not only supposed to be a banger and hard and drugs, you know, you're, you're doing everything the men are. And then on top of it, you're raising kids. Mm. Like you're trying to, and then you're trying to get attention from men.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's,
0: it's, uh it's their story is incredible. So to sit with them and fellowship around this table would, wow. I think would be awesome. Dude. I will help facilitate that. would love Please. that please yeah. dude that's great
2: i wear longer shorts
1: <laughs>
2: where, can, uh, where can people connect with you like they
1: probably just don't yeah we'll just put our his
2: number
0: in the there's donuts. nothing there's nothing left to say i literally yeah, have told yeah, you yeah. everything nope. i did like, okay.
3: there's nothing else to say i'm on um
0: I, i'm on instagram yeah and then i'm on twitter and then facebook's just for my You okay, cool. yeah I don't, facebook's not my jam yeah yeah not no. that i wouldn't want their sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah, they are. yeah, I'm no, gonna. No, no,
1: I'm gonna connect you. That'd
0: be great. We'll connect you. Yeah. You guys, thank you for having me. Thank oh, you so, so much fun. for being We're here. We're so
2: <laughs> The
0: <appreciative. laughs>
2: Best. Um, all right, guys, we will see you later. Check the show notes for all the links that we talked about during this conversation. Thank you for coming. Um, and we will see you next week. Bye bye. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy when he turned the questions around on us, and he was like, "I was like, huh."
1: Uh, literally I know But it was nice It was actually refreshing Because I was like Oh you're interested I mean not that I need people To be interested But it's in- it was just interesting To have someone be interested in Again another example Of Someone who is Probably Extremely Who I know is extremely busy And Doing a lot of Good outside of his work As an actor um, He's a dad All of that And came and showed up And was present For two hours Yeah Present Present and His so agent funny. kept calling so uh-huh.
2: oh yeah oh, he, he answered, he answered yeah. yeah yeah fuck that was amazing <laughs> that was amazing so let's read our review of the week review of the week so reviews keep us going so thank you so much for writing reviews um on itunes it really helps us to bring on amazing guests like matthew Uh, So we really appreciate you guys just taking a little second to write a five-star review. It honestly takes just a minute and it really keeps us going. So if this podcast has affected you
1: in any way positively, we would really
2: appreciate
3: it.
1: This one is from Pterodactyl21. I love that. I love, I fucking love Pterodactyls. I was in a play. Anyway. And you were a Pterodactyl? No, it it was called Pterodactyls. Anyway. There's a play called Pterodactyls? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you about it give it a listen five stars I stumbled upon this podcast earlier this year just a few months shy of my 30th birthday I was immediately sucked in and have now listened to every episode some more than once I didn't realize how weird I had been feeling about my own Saturn return actually didn't even know that was a thing until this show until so many of the topics began to resonate with me what also stands out to me is how incredibly real Krista and Lindsay are I feel like I'm just chatting it up with two of my close girlfriends I listened to it while getting ready for work in the morning and I'm always bummed when I have to wait an entire week for a new episode keep up the good work ladies you're crushing it and sending some top shelf vibes out into the universe oh thank you thank you
2: oh just saw almost 30 nation dallas damn you guys are subgroup you guys are the subgroups are going crazy to be honest so thank you so much for the review honestly i it's hard to take it so sweet but If you guys are in the Secret Almost 30 Podcast Facebook group, uh, we have, or the ladies of the community have created a lot of different subgroups. So make sure to join the larger group and then you could find a subgroup and they're having meetups all over Mm. the country. And Shara from our team is helping to organize and empower our ambassadors with our ambassador program. So stay tuned for that. And um, we are just trying to really spread more of the goodness and the positivity and the support and community all over the country with our ambassador program.
1: We love you guys. You're the best you're why we do this. Have a great week and we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye.